Just one second, everybody. We're waiting on. All righty, everybody. Welcome to the, the Touchdown Rundown on a chilly but beautiful South Bend Friday afternoon. Uh, as we always do in the Touchdown Rundown, I want to begin with Thursday night football while we're waiting for Tony to hop in with us. I'll give you all a quick recap in case you didn't catch the game or thought it would be a blowout like a lot of people did and didn't even bother to tune in. Uh, so last night, the Indianapolis Colts took on the New York Jets. Uh, the Colts were home. Jets were on the road. The Colts actually looked really dominant in the first half. They took a 28-10 to 10 lead uh, at the half. And most people probably turned off their TV thinking that it'd be a really easy one. I, I don't blame you if you did, actually. Mike White, the New York Jets flash in the pan from their win against the Cincinnati Bengals, was injured. Uh, they just were on their third-string quarterback, Josh Johnson. And the Colts, they just looked like they'd run away with it. Uh, pun intended, Taylor, their, the Colts running back, had 172 yards and two touchdowns so he was just an absolute force in the game uh the Jets though they didn't actually agree with that opinion their third string quarterback Josh Johnson decided that he was actually going to make it a game so he pretty much put the Jets back in the game uh it was 45 to 30 late in the game the Jets they're driving they're in the red zone betters everywhere are freaking out I'm sure Chase can attest to that that it's just it was absolutely a disastrous night. If you picked the uh, the Colts to win by ten and a half, you were probably freaking out. Um, but luckily for betters everywhere, and also the Colts, the Jets were uh, intercepted in the red zone, and the Colts were able to put it away, forty five to thirty. So I think what was really interesting to me is that I, I expected Mike White to play fairly well, but maybe have a a back to back to reality game almost after he played obscenely well against the Bengals. But Mike White actually started off going 7-11 and before being injured. That was 95 yards and a touchdown. Uh, that's a QBR of 90.8, which is really close to performing what Carson Wentz did for the, not only the entire game, but um, for that same stretch. In the same stretch, Wentz went 9-11, of but I believe he only had 87 yards and a touchdown. So Mike White outplayed Carson Wentz while he was in the game. And then Josh Johnson, while not having a stellar outing um, in terms of interceptions, he did give up one. He went 27 of 41 for 317 yards, really had to throw the Jets back in the game. Uh, and had three touchdowns, so he outplayed where I thought he was going to be in that game. And quite honestly, like I don't know if this is a weird thing about Zach Wilson, and he's just a rookie, and he's so in- inexperienced, and this is an argument to be made against rookies um, starting week one. But the two Jets backups have looked really good. And, you know, to be fair, they're both vets who have not seen a ton of on-the-field action. They've both been with a couple of different teams. They just looked really good, Mike White and Josh Johnson. So, you know, Tony, what did you think of the performance? And does it make you kind of question where you're at with Zach Wilson? Uh, honestly, I really, really like the performance out of Josh Johnson, obviously. Uh, I was really surprised. I didn't think... You know, seeing that, like, you know, Zach Wilson started the first couple of weeks, I thought Zach Wilson starting because Zach Wilson is the best quarterback on the team. That must be what the coaches are seeing, right? 
No, absolutely not. Zach Wilson has kind of shown he's the worst quarterback on the Jets roster. He's making more than the other guys combined. Uh, it was really, really weird to watch. Uh, I never expected, you know, Josh Johnson is somebody I'd never heard of. I know he bounced around a couple different teams. Usually when a guy bounces around a couple teams, he's not really that good. He might be a good backup, whatever. But he actually did really, really well. And I think this is going to be a really, really bad thing for Zach Wilson when he's healthy to come back. I don't know if you start. I mean, I know I know you wouldn't start him, but are the Jets going to hold to that? I mean, you're paying him that much money. Are you going to hold him on the bench and just let however much money sit there? It's I know it's a tremendous amount when looking at these other two guys. Or do you let him start out there and see if he maybe develops a little bit more, maybe you know, light a little bit of a fire underneath him now that these other guys have shown that they can step in just as easily? And to your point of this is maybe not a good a good indication that you should start your rookies in week one, I think we're going to really see that storyline kind of either be confirmed or denied with this Jordan Love game with the Packers. Uh, if he ends up doing really well, it's going to look really bad to start your rookies in week one or even in their first season. If he does really poorly, it's like, well, if he's going to do poorly anyways, you might as well start him and get him some reps early. So I think that that Packers game is actually going to be huge for rookies uh, and franchises around the NFL. But I think this does not bode well for Wilson at all. No, that's actually a really good observation. I honestly wasn't even thinking about Jordan Love. Um, and the idea that you maybe want to bench your your rookie quarterbacks. Now, we talked about this a little bit more. We do a show called uh, The NFL Kickoff. It's on YouTube or Spotify too, Twitch, Twitter. It's all over the place. So search it up if you want to see it. But we actually did a film breakdown of one of Josh Johnson's drives. It was arguably his best 12 plays, I believe, about 72 yards or so. And it resulted in a touchdown. And we kind of gave the analysis that, yeah, he looked good, but maybe, you know, I wouldn't freak out about these numbers if you're a Jet, if you're a Jets fan, you're like, we found our quarterback again for the second week in a row. We found him um, because, you know, they did play a lot of zone. They were letting the Jets kind of have the middle of the field. And he, Josh Johnson just was able to exploit the middle of the field. I mean, he is a veteran quarterback. Like, I think it makes sense that he would be able to exploit that. Um, but let's flip on to the, the Colts in the macro view. They're four and five. They're second in the AFC the Titans, they're six and two, but they don't have Derrick Henry. And teams have kind of a lot of people have really given up on the Derrick Henry list Titans. I personally have been going four and five um in, in their last nine. Do you think the Colts can catch the Titans and pass them and win the division? Because I think that that's honestly kind of a realistic possibility. I do. Uh this is the Derrick Henry injury is terrible for the league just because Derrick Henry is such a corner piece. Everybody knows him. But for offseason Tony. The Derrick Henry injury is good because I actually had the Colts winning the division this year, and I've kind of given up on that take since Derrick Henry came through and the Colts have regressed on offense and defense. But now my hopes are alive again of having another good take. So I'm gonna I'm gonna hope that the Colts come through uh, for me. I do think that the Titans, with their defense, uh, particularly in their secondary, and it's such a passing league these days, they're going to struggle against a lot of teams. Obviously, the Rams coming up this week, that is going to be a really, really hard game for them because Stafford has been great his entire career. He hasn't got the recognition for it. He just now finally is now that he's on a good team. But I think he's going to tear them up. That's going to be an automatic loss for the Titans, I believe. And I think in the last in the last nine games the Colts have, I think four and five is realistic. Uh, I think their ceiling is maybe like a six and three. Uh, look, I don't think they go like 9-0 and or whatever. But I think the Titans are going to have a really tough time. They might only win three or four games in this back nine. Yeah, I think at the worst, the Colts are a wild card team. They do at least seem to be rounding into form. 
or at least the kind of form you want to be as we kind of go, right? It's not about where you start. It's kind of where you are when you get to December, when you get in the playoffs. And they seem to, they, they got off on the wrong foot with a couple of close losses, but they seem to finally be in really competitive shape. Uh, on the flip side, you're the Jets, you're two and six. I know you were kind of saying, like, do you bench Zach Wilson? I kind of wonder if you do, not because you think that Josh Johnson and Mike White are your franchise quarterbacks, but maybe because, hey, you know, our face of the franchise, future of the franchise, he got injured and we've actually kind of played a little bit better without him. Let's rest him. Let's get him behind these vets. You know, do you think that's a realistic option for the Jets? Do you think they're just going to go right back to throwing Zach Wilson into the fray? Zach Wilson has shown that he needs all of the help he can get. I think he's shown a lot of potential. I don't want to say that Zach Wilson has been all bad. He's been terrible. There's been no upside. He has made some very high-level throws at a lot of times throughout a lot of different games, but just as many great throws, it's just been poor decision-making and poor throws. So I think that it's a lot like the Jameis Winston thing from years ago, right? 30 touchdowns, 30 interceptions. The 30 touchdowns tells me the talent's there. The 30 interceptions tells me the bad decision-making is there. So I think that Zach Wilson would be largely helped if he could get behind a solid uh, veteran in the league that's been around a starter a long time. I think Jameis had the perfect scenario with getting behind Drew Brees for a couple of years. He's the best decision-maker I think the league has ever seen. Uh, but if he can, if he could have some sort of some sort of veteran of any kind, just kind of coaching him, telling him maybe instead of making this throw, you just throw the ball away. That saves yourself an interception. And if you can slowly get the decision making better, I think the talent is there. Yeah, no, I agree with that. I, I like that. Um, all right, let's let's hop on over to the next one because there's really not a lot to talk about in a in a game where it was kind of a blowout, and then you know the Jets look to kind of get that last second backdoor uh, cover. But not a whole lot to take away from that one, I don't think. I don't particularly think the Jets are going to change their trajectory as a as a team this season because of that loss. Um, so let's move on to Knock It and Lock It. So for those who don't know, Knock It and Lock It are, is a segment where Tony and I each pick a game that we're knocking, that we're saying people have this wrong, they're perceiving it wrong because one team is maybe better than people expect or one team is worse than people expect. And then the Lock It is just a game where, you know, this game is a certainty win for team a because team a is this much better than team b or maybe it's locket is this team is kind of underappreciated so we're going to say that they should be a solid win uh tony what's your first knock my knock of the week is going to be raiders at giants a lot of people are really hyping the giants after they just really held it close to the chiefs in that game but i'm going to knock them to lose to the raiders yes on paper you're looking at the chiefs you're thinking this team is this team is you know it's the chiefs how could you not be impressed that the giants are holding it close to them i'm going to go ahead and call a spade a spade and say the chiefs are not a good team the giants aren't a good team either but the chiefs are not a good team i think the raiders are better uh i think that the defense is, you know, for the Chiefs is obviously atrocious. Mahomes keeps trying to play hero ball. It's really become, it's come to no avail for them. Uh, a lot of it is, of course, on his receivers. I'm going to say that Tyree Kill has dropped three balls that all resulted in interceptions. So I don't think it's all on Mahomes. I think it's the offense as a whole. It's just kind of, it, they're suffering. They're, they're, I don't know what they're doing, but something's not quite right with them. It hasn't been right all year. And I think the defense is just uh, kind of exaggerating that with how poor they have been. I think the Raiders are coming off of, uh, they're coming off obviously a big controversy right now. Huge story losing Henry Ruggs. The last time they came off of a huge story with John Gruden, they actually performed really, really well, and it didn't look like it affected them at all. So I think this team has some resilience, and I think they beat the Giants. I'm not as high on the Raiders just because I think that there's a little bit of a difference between losing your coach and then losing one of your star players. That's obviously a horrible situation over there, and you really do hate to see it. 
Um, but I think that when you lose a wide receiver who's so crucial to your offense, I actually kind of think that the Giants might actually be able to get a closer game or cover because the Raiders are going to be kind of reeling when losing losing Ruggs, who's an integral part of the offense. Uh, my knock for the week, I'm going to knock Packers Chiefs because the spread, a spread of 7.5 is kind of doing a disservice to the Packers and really overestimating how good the Chiefs are. The Chiefs obviously have a really bad defense. Um, but I, you know, the, the only reason that it's the spread is the way it is, is because it's Jordan Love. I don't think, I think Jordan Love is going to be able to exploit a bad Chiefs defense, even if he gets off to a rough start and that the Packers defense is going to be able to, to stay in it, stay in the mix with a bad t- Kansas city offense. I think that the Packers red zone defense is definitely problematic. And I think that the Chiefs, uh, I think they might be able to exploit that red zone defense because I think that is an area where the Chiefs struggle. But I still think the Chiefs are going to win. I just don't think it's going to be by more than a touchdown. All right, let's head on over to the locks section, Tony. I have a pretty good feeling based off of uh, how we talked about Derrick Henry that this is going to be involving the Titans. Is that your lock of the week? It absolutely is. Rams versus Titans. I think if Henry were healthy, I would say this one is still a Rams win. I think it could just be a lot closer with him out. The Titans become very one-dimensional in the wrong way. So with Derrick Henry in, they're pretty one-dimensional. You know Henry's going to run it. They're going to give it to him a million and one times, but he still gets the job done. I don't know if I trust Tannehill the same, even with Julio Jones and A.J. Brown. I think the Rams should be able to exploit uh, that terrible, terrible Titans defense. Stafford's going to cut up just absolutely annihilate them. I think, honestly, the Titans are good at stopping the run. The Rams are not really a running team. I mean, they have Daryl Henderson. He's okay. He's not bad by any means, but this offense is primarily run on the arm of Stafford. And when you have a terrible secondary, this team runs wild on you. So I think the Rams are going to clobber this Titans team. Yeah, I agree. I, I think that's definitely a, a lock. My lock is is very similar in that it's a team that I think, like, in Denver really has underperformed defensively this season. And I guess it's kind of, it's sort of kind of like, you know, the Titans being without Henry, their offense is now going to underperform of where we thought they were going to be. Uh, and the Cowboys, I mean, for the love of the Lord, Cooper rush beat the Vikings. <laughs> if that doesn't tell you that this Cowboys roster is just better than people, I don't know what will. Uh, so I'm going to take the the Cowboys and I'm going to take them to beat the spread because I think 10 is probably giving Denver a, way too much credit. They also, you know, lost Von Miller. So there's something to be said for that defense, which is mediocre at best to now get a little bit worse. Um, okay, let's move on. So huge news broke this morning that kind of forced Tony and I to rethink our touchdown rundown showdown. So OBJ was released today. He, uh, you know, he he will clear waivers at some point in the near future, and a team will be able to pick him up. He's a complete free agent. The Browns are just going to take his cap, and it'll be a dead hit. They did, you know, play with his contract a little bit to try and move some of that dead money off of them, so they aren't penalized for it too much. But they still are absorbing some dead money. Uh, ESPN believes now that there are about six teams that are really kind of firmly in the mix: they're Raiders, Saints, Seahawks, Panthers, 49ers, and the Packers. So. Both Tony and I are apparently in the mix for OBJ. We'll, we'll see if that one comes true. Uh, Tony, for this sh- touching on rundown showdown, I don't think that you know there's one team that's like clearly better, but I think there are a couple. Uh, who is your front runner? I'm, I'm going to have to go with, if I'm any of these teams, I don't sign him at all. He has a track history of drama. He's been mediocre since he left the Giants. He might need to consider some retirement, honestly, because I know there there has been things when there's been receivers that retire or tight ends that retire, 
a lot of the times when people ask them why they've retired, it's because they say, when I started dropping balls that I used to catch, I knew it was time to be done. And we've seen that from Odell. Odell is, he's just dropping balls that old Odell used to be catching every single time. It's kind of ridiculous. And he's just, he's just not catching them anymore. He's not as good. The only reason he hadn't been released yet is just because of money. The Browns still owe him $8.05 million, which that would be cleared from them if he got picked up from the waiver wire. But with an $8 million price tag on his head, with the production that he's had, he's not going to be picked up by anybody. Uh, that means that it's going to fall back on Cleveland. So they're going to have to pay him that. And maybe once that is paid, another team picks him up. He kind of double dips for the season, new contract. So this is also why he wasn't traded by the deadline. So nobody was going to give the Browns anything for Odell, even if the Browns continued to pay off his $8 million contract. Uh, To kind of compare this, let's look at the Broncos with that Von Miller trade in the Rams. So the Broncos essentially traded $9 million for a second and a third round pick. So, you know, that's a good deal for Denver. Uh, They got picks. They got a good deal. The Rams are going to get a good deal as well. They have a still productive Von Miller. The Broncos are kind of trying to just use the – use one of the few good pieces they had to get some capital in to kind of build for the future. You can't do that with Odell because he isn't worth all that much to other teams. So if one of these teams does pick him up after he's off the wire, then I would imagine it has to be the Raiders losing Henry Ruggs. Like we just talked about is of course, huge. The Raiders just need somebody to just even get some depth. I think Odell would be a pretty good wide receiver too in Vegas. Uh, He would be the only team though. I pray the Packers don't pick him up. He is I thought he would, you know, as of the past couple of years, he got better. He wasn't really a locker room drama anymore. I thought he might have changed from the Giants. But we're just showing, we're seeing that he's he still hasn't changed in the long run. If he's not the centerpiece of the offense, even when he's not putting up the numbers for it, he just, he freaks out about it. And it's just not good for the team. So your pick is is then the Raiders that you think that that's the best fit for him? If I had to pick a team, I would pick the Raiders, but honestly, none of them. Yeah, I mean, that's not you know really the name of the game, but okay. Um, <laughs> I think that, and Tony, you may hate this, I think the best space for him to go to is actually the Packers. I know the Raiders, if I had to rank these teams, I think I'd go Packers, Raiders, uh, then, then maybe Seattle, then the Saints, then uh, the 49ers, and the Panthers last, just because I don't think the Panthers actually really need him. Uh, I think that, you know, Odell is probably looking to go to a contender. I don't think the Panthers really look like a contender. I think we could use him, but I don't think he's going to go there. So I think the Packers are the best because they offer something that none of the other teams really can on the list, right? Um, they boast the the best record on the list. They only have that one loss to the Saints. Uh, so they're a, a genuine serious contender with Rodgers, I think, throwing the ball. That's obviously really desirable to OBJ, but they also have a star wide receiver in Devontae Adams. So that would allow OBJ to be a really good secondary piece, right? The Z to uh, to Adams' X. So I think that if you have to cover those two, like I don't know what you're going to do as a defensive coordinator. That's going to be just an absolute pain for anybody to have to game plan against. Um, so I think that that really would be a draw to OBJ. Now, maybe he wants to be the alpha somewhere. Maybe that's why he'll go to Carolina, for example, where they, you know, Robbie Anderson is good, but he's had a really big drop-off. So maybe, you know, OBJ probably would be the alpha there. So maybe that's why he goes there. Um, what do you think of my Packers take? Because I'm probably sure you don't want that to happen. <laughs> I, I'm i confused. So I guess when you're, when you're looking at receivers, obviously you can't just pick four receivers, right? Like 
there's you have to have a deep threat receiver. You have to have your all-around guy. You have to have your slot receiver. Where does OBJ fit in? What is he? Uh, unfortunately, like, you know, the Packers have a really good wide receiver room right now, right? Like, I think you would say it's probably one of the better ones in the league. Yeah. So my thing is that I think, I think he would just, he would serve as a really good problem. Like, I think if you're looking at shotgun and you have MVS, um, I guess, you know, you can't have big Bob Tunyon as your tight end on that one, but that's, which is unfortunate. But if you're dealing with like, just imagine Jones, Adams and OBJ on the field, OBJ, and, uh, I would put them on opposite sides. And then, you know, those three going to be really problematic, no? Well, I mean, if you give me the option right now between picking between Odell Beckham Jr. and Alan Lazard, who we already have, I'm going to pick Alan Lazard because he doesn't really drop balls. He hasn't had great production, but that's just because we have other guys that Rodgers consistently throws to. I don't think OBJ is really worth the price tag. Like, Adams is obviously I'm our saying- number one guy. He's our all-around kind of, you know, he'll do everything. Mm-hmm. MVS is our clear deep threat. Randall Cobb is our clear slot receiver. Alan Lazard's another good guy that can kind of do everything. He's our he's our he's kind of like a mini mini Devante. That's four receivers right there that are all very good. I don't see where he really fits in for the price he would command. Well, that's what I'm saying is I don't think you want to pick him up. Um, I don't think you want to pick him up for the expensive. Like I think believe you so is eight million, right? That's that's the price that he's up for grabs for. Yeah, I don't think yeah. you want to pick him up for eight million but i think if you can get him at say a cheaper deal like if he doesn't if he clears waivers and no one's picked him up at eight million which i think is a very realistic possibility i don't think maybe i could see the panthers doing it just because they have the cap room and they're really hungry to to get a a good piece like that that should in theory make you better i'd be surprised honestly if anybody picked him up for that i that's the thing though is i think like teams that really want salary cap like i saw a report that seattle would have the cap to do it um and you know i think that Lockett, Metcalf, and OBJ are three really good weapons that would probably be really helpful for to keep Russell Wilson because I know he's been reported as discontented, so that's maybe a reason Seattle gets him. Maybe. I I can see other teams like the Raiders. It would make sense. The Saints make sense. Seahawks make sense. Panthers make sense. The Packers, I still don't think it just like makes sense. He doesn't really have a spot. Like, yeah, he would be a name out there that would, you know, maybe command some coverage. I don't think teams really respect OBJ like they used to anymore. So I don't even think he's that much of a issue to plan for. Mm-hmm. Other than like your average receiver, just like you'd plan for anybody else, really. I don't think he's like a he's not like an Adams or a Michael Thomas or a DeAndre Hopkins or something like that. He just isn't that anymore. So I think he would be way too expensive, and he just he simply does not he doesn't really have a place like he would in other offenses. I guess I guess what I'm saying is that I think he's cheap. if you can get him cheap, I think there's I think he makes your team better, even if it's not like maybe when he was coming out of New York, like you thought he'd make the Browns better. But I think he's going to make you better, right? I mean, if it's only to add depth to an, to the uh, the wide receiving core, because I know they've been fairly banged up. Uh, all things considered. So maybe you want to take him just as an insurance policy. Even I think you just be remiss if you're a championship caliber team, you don't get OBJ and then he goes to another championship caliber team. Heck, even if it's just to keep him off of somebody else's team, would you consider doing it? Like if he goes to like the bucks, you know, feels like it's probably not going to happen, but if he goes like to the, to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, is it worth not letting the Tampa Bay Buccaneers have OBJ? If you were to get him for cheap, I guess, but I think I like listen to who we're talking about here. We're talking about Odell Beckham Jr. 
This is the drama queen of the league and has been for years. Like he's he thinks mm-hmm. he's so much better than he is clearly. He's blaming Baker for all of his drops. Like he's going to want wide receiver one money, even though he's a wide receiver three, maybe four on the Packers team. I just think he's going to want too much money. He's not at all going to be worth it. I don't want him on the team. Like just having him, even if he doesn't play, just having him there is just not a good thing. He's such a bad locker room presence. He's always trying to create some drama. It's just never a good thing to have that, especially when you're the Packers who have been so good about staying out of drama for so long. It's just, it's never good for a team. And honestly, if he goes to the Bucks, so be it. I don't even think he really goes out there and does anything. Go for it. Okay, so then, all right, let's, let's cross the Packers off. I think the Raiders work really well because if you're arguing that his qualification, one of his qualifications is getting the money, the Raiders should have the money. And, you know, he would be wide receiver one there, obviously. And it's a really passing heavy offense. Like, I believe the Browns lead the league in 12 and 13 personnel. That's one running back and two tight ends for 12 and then three tight ends for 13. That's a, not an offensive style that's like really conducive to being a huge passing offense. Uh, or at the very least, if they are passing, you know, they're probably going to throw it more to the tight ends or running backs. And, you know, that's why you bring in the tight ends is to create, uh, you know, to allow your team to run the ball a little bit better. Um, I think the Raiders would probably lend itself to more passing, right? So I think that maybe, what do you think of the Raiders? I like the Raiders. I think the Raiders would be my absolute number one. Uh, I think, you you know, you lose Ruggs. Ruggs is a pretty good producer for you. So that's obviously a big receiver that you now have lost out on. I think they've been trying a little – I mean, they've been trying to get Derek Carr to throw so much. And obviously he has been. He's been throwing tri- for so many yards, for so many games now. Uh, I don't I don't think he leads the league in yards anymore, but he's up there. I remember that. So I think if you get OBJ out there, you lose rugs, you get OBJ. It helps your team. I don't know if I say I'd want OBJ over Ruggs, but since you lost the guy, you got to bring in somebody else at this point. And if OBJ is just sitting right there, let him clear waivers, and then you got to pick him up for just as cheap as you can. I think I do think that the strategy is in every single scenario is let him clear waivers. Like I don't think you want to sign him straight up. Um, so for for people who have played seven games, Derek Carr is first um, in terms of yards per game, which you know he he has a uh, two thousand. 269 he averages 8.5 per I would assume that's uh, per completion Uh, and that's about comes up to about 325 yards per game Uh, so who do you think is third then like if we're if we're going to rank these teams because ESPN seems to think that they are the best and most likely teams after the Packers uh, well we're not counting the Packers Packers probably last um, at least in your opinion I think he's I think there's potential there but if we're saying that the Raiders are number one who are you putting in the number two position? Because I'd be inclined to put Seattle there. I am going to go with Saints just because Michael Thomas is not coming back now. So I don't. I think mm. that Michael Thomas is better than OBJ in terms of reliability. But you just kind of have to – at this point, you just kind of have to soften your loss. So with OBJ, he's not going to be great. He's not going to put up yards like he used to with the Giants. He's not going to make all these tremendous catches anymore. I don't think he really struggles with catching the easy Mm -hmm. balls, but honestly, Michael Thomas was just the king of the slants, right? I mean, why can't you just throw Odell in for a couple slant routes? Hopefully he can at least handle that. I think you could do that. And that would really help with your Michael. Thomas. Yeah. My, my hesitation with the saints though, is that they have a, I believe they have the least salary cap space in the NFL. 
you know, I mean, th- we saw. Them, yeah, that would be the issue. We saw them have what was it? They were a hundred million dollars over the cap this season. Yeah, yeah, they that had great. They had some cap casualties to say the least. Um, so I think that's the reason I would exclude the Saints is because they don't have the money. Although I do think the fit is fantastic. If they could find a way to clear cap space by restructuring contracts, which hey, it's kind of what the Saints do. Like if, if anyone could find a way to navigate that salary cap situation, it's probably the Saints. Um, but again, that's another team where like they have to, yeah. he has to clear waivers to really justify it, especially if you're the saints, because you probably can't, I think you can find like a couple million in salary cap fluctuations, like by, by restructuring, but I don't think you can find 8.05. Um, uh, yeah, I definitely agree. But like, I guess after we've seen what they did this off season, I don't even know if cap enough. is that big of a deal. <laughs> like if they can clear a hundred million, they can clear another five for this guy. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, they also cleared $100 million by not signing people, right? Like we saw Trey, True. Trey Hendrickson was a big money guy that, you know, walked, walked. I believe he's on the Bengals now, um, is doing pretty well for them. But like he walked because, you know, the money wasn't there for him. Um, so I think, I think that I do, th- I still think the cat matters, although I think the seats maybe have proved that you can find a lot of ways to work around it, like kind of basically use the cap like a credit card. Um, and, you know, pay, pay for it a little bit later, kick it down the road. Um, I think Seattle is interesting because it's. They, I feel like they might have a similar problem to Packers, where like Metcalf and Lockett are probably arguably above Odell, for for sure Metcalf is. But they also have of the six teams the most salary cap available. So do you think that that at least makes up for the fact that, like, if they could, they can, they could pick him up right now and still have salary cap left over, even if they are going to take the eight million dollars. So do you think that matters? I think this is so tough, just because I. I I think that they obviously they have the money to sign him, but they really wanted to sign him. They could 100 percent sign him. They have Metcalf, they have Tyler Lockett. Those are two good guys right there. You have Geno Smith. Hopefully Russell Wilson returns the next week or two. Okay, that's great. I think if you want to sign him, he will help your team. But I don't think he helps your team that much. Like this team isn't going anywhere if he's signed, and I think he knows that. So I don't know if he would want to go to Seattle. Like he wants to go to a truly like a a contender. I think the Saints are a contender. I think the Raiders would make the most sense, but they're not really a contender. I don't think Seattle's a contender. So I guess I would change up and say that Saints are probably the number one place. If he were to pick, he would probably go Packers than Saints. Saints being more realistic, I would say. Just as a fit. Yeah, I mean, like, if you're talking about wide receiver numbers. No, I think that you go to Seattle if you're trying to make the long-term play, if you're Odell. Because, like, you're right. This year is probably not Seattle's year. Maybe they can get in the wild card round and make some noise if if Russell Wilson comes back and plays really well. But I think it's, like, it would be a long-term future play for him. Like, go to a team. Yes, that is true. Yeah, go to a team that maybe this year doesn't matter, but, like, in the future, they totally could matter. Um, yeah. I guess then the only thing would be if they have a lot of cap, he's probably going to ask for more because they have more to give. So at a certain point, yeah. how much do you ask that both allows you to get your money and allows the team Stay to kind of build a little bit? Because if you're playing for the long term here, you got to let the team have money to build around you. So it's and you know knowing Odell, I think he's just going to be too full of himself to take the Tom Brady approach and take a little bit less money. I think he's going to want all the money he can get. I think the new contract that he signs is going to be, you know, very based on how he plays with who he plays, 
which is why I think maybe you want to go to Seattle because I think you could you could potentially do some damage with Russell Wilson. But yeah, I think you're right that yeah. like it is a game of if you have more, why don't you give more? Um, let's yeah. go to the 49ers. They definitely have the cap to make it work, um, but their offense is kind of like the Browns, right? Like it's really heavy. I believe they're also another team that plays a lot of 12 and 13 personnel, which is, just doesn't lend itself to the passing game. They don't have exactly like if I had to make the comparison and comp Jimmy G to pretty much anybody, it probably actually would be Baker Mayfield because they play in such similar systems. So I don't know if the 49ers are actually like an upgrade for Odell. In fact, they might be a bit of a downgrade because they're playing in a harder division with harder deep with, you know, with arguably just good defenses and a, a worse record. Yeah, I the Niners is the one of the ones that I think I would rule out first, just just because of the reasons you just said. Jimmy G and Baker Mayfield are very comparable, and with their division, they're not going to be winning the division anytime soon. They're a good team. They have a losing record. Yeah, they're they're a good team, but they just they're stuck with playing such difficult opponents all the time, and I don't think that I don't think that he fits here at all. Yeah, no, I agree. I think the 49ers is is one that like they have the need for wide receiver, but they don't got a whole lot of the other ingredients that you need. Uh, let's go to the last one that I think is probably, in my opinion, the the least likely one, just because I don't. If you're OBJ, you're looking for a contender. The Panthers are not a contender. They're four and four, but like they were on a four game losing streak. Uh, you know, so that's not a good sign. They have Sam Darnold. If you're not looking to throw get throws from Baker Mayfield, you probably aren't looking from throws from Sam Darnold. Uh, the Panthers can obviously, I think they have 12 million in cap, which is like a million under the, uh, the Seahawks. So they can pay him and they have a lot of cap in the future too. So they can pay him in the future. They have good wide receivers in Robbie Anderson, DJ Moore, but I think Odell could probably at least talk himself into being the alpha. And I think he probably would be the alpha too. Uh, but again, it's like, if you're looking for a championship caliber team and a good quarterback, the Panthers can't offer that, but they can't offer money and a top wide receiver role. Do you think that? If Odell were to go there, do you think that he would want to go there? I guess I should say want to go there. I think he would want to go there. This would be the place to go if he wants to be the cleared wide receiver one. But I also would have to ask, is Robbie Anderson underperforming because of Robbie Anderson or because of Sam Darnold, do you think? Personally, I think it's it's so hard to tell, right? But Robbie Anderson is actually having a career high in drop passes and like when he played with sam in new york he did not have nearly this many dropped passes so okay i'm almost inclined to say it's it's almost like a kind of like a baker mayfield situation that he's not getting uh, a baker mayfield obj situation he's not getting a lot of targets and when he does get targets he does end up dropping the ball a decent amount of the time and he's also a very high highly paid wide receiver that's just really underperforming so I mean, take that with what you will. I think that, like I said, I feel like that kind of plays into the Sam Darnold category is that like, do you really want to take throws from Sam Darnold if you're angry with Baker Mayfield? No, because I mean, I think, I think even as a Panthers fan, you would take Baker over Sam. Yeah. So, I I mean, I just don't think that it makes sense to go there if you're, if you're considering the problems of why you just left. So then go here. Yes, you'd be the wide receiver one, I think. But at the same time, you're just going to end up complaining in the long run. Yeah, I guess the question is, how important is money and status versus contention, right? I guess that's kind of the question that we, as someone who does not personally know Odell, I can't answer that. You know, you kind of have to pick. I mean, as somebody who's seen Odell for years, 
try to prioritize himself and his status and his money over anything else. I think we can make a pretty fair assumption. If that's the case, then I think it's Seattle or Carolina because you can get money and status there. Less so in Seattle. Yeah. But if he's looking, that is true. If he's looking for contention, I know you don't want him, but I do think that the Packers would benefit from having him there. Uh, so I would say Packers and Raiders. I, I hope we don't sign him. I really do. Look, all I'm going to say is that like the Packers are an ACL tear away from not having nearly as elite of a wide receiver room, and Odell fills that void, right? He's, he's an insurance policy. I mean, yeah, he's an insurance policy, but like, let's say we lose, let's say we lose Adams. Mm-hmm. If we lose Adams, like, let's not forget that we are seven and zero without him. No, the past two seasons. Yeah, I mean, no, that's totally fair. I'm just saying that you know, down the stretch, like if you have to play Tampa Bay again, and you know, would you rather have OBJ? if you don't have Adams or have no Adams and you just don't have OBJ. I get I, in that scenario, I would rather have OBJ, but I would rather have OBJ without the drama and the distractions. And you just can never, it seems more likely than not that he's just going to be a distraction. On the team. Yeah. I mean, they call him diva wide receivers for a reason, right? Yeah. And, and that does matter. That's not nothing. Wide redivas. Um, it's, stupid yeah so let us know what you guys think and who you think obj is going to i have to imagine that that news will break relatively soon if he does get picked up before he clears waivers if he does clear waivers you know it'll be a little bit more time because i believe it's is it 24 hours or 48 tony that he needs to clear waivers uh i think he has until i i want to say is it monday that makes yeah, I think it's okay. Monday. That makes sense. So never mind. It will be a little bit. <laughs> Maybe we'll have a development for you on our on our post game show on Sunday. Maybe we won't. We'll find out. Um, but yeah, that'll be an interesting story to keep an eye on. Let's head over to our divisional drama segment where we talk about key divisional game matchups that really could switch, you know, the standings in in each respective division. Uh, let's start with Browns at Bengals, Tony. I know you got burned by the Bengals. I got burned by the Bengals. I think a lot of people got burned by the Bengals when they lost to the Jets. Uh, do you think you're going to get burned by the Bengals again this week? Or do you think that the the Browns are going to be able to, you know, they're, they're going to struggle because of all the turmoil, basically, from this week? I think I'm going to take the Bengals here. It was just, I believe it was a fluky, you know, one-off game. It's kind of like the Jets, or kind of like the Titans. You know, the Titans lost to the Jets, but I don't think that would happen if they played. If they played 100 times, I think we got the one time that they lose. So I think the Browns are hurt, and with the release of Odell, this team, it's not exactly, it's just not the same. Like, yes, OBJ is a distraction, all that, but he is a player on the field. He is a number, essentially. So the Bengals are looking for a big revenge game here. I think Jamar Chase is a huge day, and the Browns are just going to, they're going to struggle a little bit. Yeah, I agree with that take. I think that I think that it helps. Uh, you know that the Bengals are home. Uh, let's move over to one that maybe has a little bit less impact, but a little bit more intrigue because we don't know what the Saints are going to do with the quarterback position. Right? They have two options, of course. They have Trevor Simeon and Taysom Hill. ESPN currently has uh, Taysom Hill listed as the starter for the Saints. In which case, I think you pick the Falcons to cover. Uh, it's a six-point spread, whereas. With Trevor Simeon, I'm personally inclined to say that the Saints are going to beat that spread because I think Simeon, if he can play that well against the Buccaneers, I think he's probably going to have an easier time against the Falcons. Uh, who are you taking here? I'm going to take the Saints. Uh, even without Jameis, Trevor Simeon looked... He didn't look outstanding, but he looked good enough. And when you're playing the defending Super Bowl champions, looking good enough and getting the win as the backup just suddenly being thrusted in the game, that is so big for your confidence. 
you couple that with the Saints defense being so good. The defense should make this a pretty easy game to win. I don't think the Falcons score a lot of points here. Uh, Trevor's going to have a lot more confidence. He's going to have a full week to actually prep as the starter for this Falcon squad. So if Trevor Simeon starts blowout game, if it's Taysom Hill, I don't know why you would start Taysom Hill. Taysom Hill's not a good quarterback. <laughs> because but, he's getting paid so much. I mean, yeah, but he's not a good quarterback. Like, I think you win the game both ways, but you win the game by a wider margin. Yeah, I agree. Now, this one does have like a really important stake here. If the Cardinals win this one, they have really planted themselves kind of firmly atop the NFC West already. This one will go a long distance. It'll put them, they'll sweep the 49ers if they get this win. If the 49ers get this one, they're going to split with the Cardinals. The Cardinals will fall in the standings, giving the Rams as, you know, the clear front runner for the NFC West again. Uh, you know, this game has a lot of stakes, but the spread is actually a lot closer than I think most people would have put it. It did open at negative one in favor of the Cardinals, and now it's a, the 49ers are a two-point favorite. So obviously that three-point swing is pretty big. Who are you taking? I'm going to take the Cardinals. I know Kyler Murray is hurt. That's going to affect him a little bit. But this is still a very good team overall, and I think they have a big bounce-back week against a big divisional rival. I think it's going to be a close one. I actually kind of like the spread where it's at. I do think I would favor the Cardinals if I'm Vegas, but you know Vegas does probably know more about all of this stuff than I do. So I'm going to take the Cardinals, but I like that it's a close Tommy there. Oh, my bad. Forgot to hit unmute. It happens. Uh, happens to the <laughs> best of us. Uh, so I'm going to take the 49ers here because there have been two teams that have outpossessed the Cardinals. Uh, those are, and they're, the Cardinals are one and one when they're outpossessed. The Packers and the 49ers. And the 49ers held them to seven and they were on the road and they did not play the best offensively because I believe that was uh, that was the game that Trey Lance started for the first time because Jimmy G was injured. He got injured against the Seahawks, I believe. So I think that that is important, right? And we saw with the 49ers that they can actually run the ball really well. It, you know, it helped them get back against the bears that they ran the ball really well. And they were able to out kind of possess the bears and enforce the bears to be perfect. And the bears are a far from perfect offense. So, you know, it was able to give them an advantage. So I think the 49ers, they're going to run the ball. I think they have the defensive front that can kind of exploit the fact that Kyler Murray's injured. One of the big reasons that that, Cardinals offense is so good is that Kyler Murray plays so well in a broken pocket. You know, he can exploit. It's really hard to cover a wide receiver, an elite wide receiver like DeAndre Hopkins for a full five seconds. So Kyler Murray, if he can just stay upright, even if he's scrambling, he can find the open guy. I think that we're going to see him injured and I think it's going to limit his ability to scramble. And I think the 49ers can exploit that. Yeah, I like, I like, I like the, I like that. The spread is so close because Kyler is hurt. I think that's why it's so close. If Kyler's healthy, mm-hmm. I think this spread might be Cardinals minus four or five. Just because, like you said, Kyler Murray, his game is so built around scrambling and finding that extra, even if it's just an extra second or two on a it lot matters. of big plays. That matters. So That is an eternity in the NFL. So if you can scramble by yourself an extra two seconds, covering DeAndre Hopkins for... Like you said, six, seven, eight seconds. It's impossible. nearly impossible for even one play. Then you have somebody do it for an entire game. He's going to break out. He's going to have these big bombs. So Kyler Murray not being able to run quite as much is definitely going to hurt this Cardinals team. But I do still think that they are a good enough team to kind of play well enough to, to kind of compensate. 
Yeah, no, I mean, that's totally fair. This is, this is a very hard game to pick. And I just, I like the 49ers because they can run the ball. Maybe that doesn't end up mattering, but I think that the Packers have kind of exposed that that is a really big flaw in that Cardinals defense and that, you know, it makes more sense to run the ball. Aaron Rodgers was not asked to do a ton in that Packers game. They really just handed the ball off and I believe they outpossessed the Cardinals 37 minutes to 23. So I, I don't know. I just, tr- I trust in the 49ers. I think that they're going to be able to run the ball and limit Murray, but we'll see. Um, let's head over to a model talk of sorts. I don't know. What do you want to call this, Tony? Is this like summer talk? Is this like grading? Yeah, I, I guess we can just call this off-season talk, but yeah, our summer picks. Yeah, so for those of you who have been following us since kind of the very beginning, one of, the, one of our big things that we did is deep dives where every, every week we would spend about an hour and a half really going through each NFL division. And what we did that I think kind of separates us a little bit is that we actually picked every single game including the playoffs um, for every single team. And we came up with records that we then, you know, were able to make a playoff bracket out of, and we actually picked a Super Bowl champion. Our Super Bowl is going to age a little bit terribly. Spoiler alert, it's the Rams and Chiefs. So that, <laughs> that's a bit of a problem. Did not age No, well. it did not. But I mean, there's, there, there's a chance, right? Like it's the Chiefs, there's, there's a chance. Um, yeah. But I, I actually think our NFC picks are going to age a lot better than our AFC picks. Though what I find interesting is we had the Titans missing the playoffs. So just saying like that. And I remember that we were extremely surprised at ourselves for that, but we stuck to it. Because like for reference as to how far back this goes, our very first deep dive was the NFC East. And that was when we talked about Dak's new contract back in March. So this is how far back we started predicting these things. Yeah, no, some of these are really old. So I think that that's why it's, it's going to be really interesting. And like I said, like that AFC South, we were, we were surprised by that because we had the Titans as 11 and six and they could kind of reasonably finish at 11 and six. We just had the Colts. Yeah. As, we had the Colts as a game better. So that was, you know, the difference maker. Um, mm-hmm. And then we obviously had wildcard teams that, that did, uh, you know, we had a few wildcard teams that were just better than 11 to six or had a head to head uh, tiebreaker over the Titans that you know put them in the playoffs. Yeah. Uh, so without right. further ado, let's get to it. So Tony, I'm going to ask that you uh, pull up the real NFL standings as we go division by division, and you're going to read the real standings, and then I'm going to read what we had, and then we'll kind of break down why we thought, like essentially where the disconnect was. Okay, I have the NFL standings. Let's do it. What do you want to lead off with? Let's do. You want to start with the bad and go with the AFC? Yeah, why not? Let's start with AFC East then. Okay, so uh, read off the standings and I'll read to you because this this one's going to hurt. This one's going to sting a little bit. Okay, so we have, or I guess the NFL, Bills, officially 5-2. and two. Okay, yeah, so we had the Bills at 14-3. and 14-3 overall. Okay, yeah, so we, that's not the worst take in the world. We're going to be off by a couple games, I bet, but not yeah. terrible. We are, so getting within more specifically to the accuracy that we've picked games. So we did something called a tag. We gave four tags for each team. Basically a tag was just an admission that we don't have enough information or this one's just too kind of too close to call. So a tag was basically saying this counts as half of a win. There are four of them. So each team will essentially receive half a win and half a loss in these four games. So it balances out Mm. to going about two and two. Uh, We went four and one, not counting tags in calling bills games. So we actually, you know, and I'm factoring in the tags that essentially gives us a, a win and a loss. So we really went five and two in calling Bills games. And so we've been picking about 70% accuracy for Bills games. Okay. Do we have the, uh, like, 
because obviously we're through eight weeks now. Do we have the uh, record for each team through eight weeks that we can actually measure against what they actually are? Uh, no, we don't. I mean, I can. I can we quit, don't. Okay. I can. I can try and count them if you want. Uh, but I did. I did not prep. Okay. That, no. Okay. All right. So then we can go to the Patriots four and four right now. Yeah, so this one didn't age very well unless the Patriots are about to go on like a tear or something. Uh, we had them as twelve and five. I mean, they did just beat the Chargers. Chargers are pretty good. I think they're looking up. I don't think it's twelve and five looking up, but they're looking up. Yeah. So our accuracy, we pick. Uh, we were four one and three against against the Patriots so far. So an accurate assessment, a winning assessment. Uh, now looking at the Dolphins, we had them going ten and seven. What's the current record? One and seven. Yeah, that's it. So we're going to need a little bit of pickup for the Dolphins. <laughs> that's here. a tough one. Uh, we're currently 3 3 and 2 at picking Dolphins games, so not a good step uh, by any means. Uh, and then I know the Jets, they have two wins. How many losses do they have? If Six. they could not win a single game for the rest of the season, that'd be fantastic. Uh, we had them going 2 and 15. But they're actually the most accurate team in the AFC East. They went, we are 6 1 and 1 against the Jets. Okay. The, the no, loss I'll of, take that. Yeah, the loss was, of course, to the Titans. That was a tough one. Yeah, that one makes sense. Okay, yeah. AFC West. Okay, this is going to be an interesting one. I know the Chiefs. Yeah, I know the Chiefs are four and four. Uh, we had them going fifteen and two. <laughs> not the best. No, look. not at all. We are three, three and two against the Chiefs. Okay, great, lovely. Let's move on. Let's do the Raiders. How Raiders are five and two right oh, now? Oh no, we, we had them going seven and ten. Jeez, okay. Yeah. Gonna need them to fall <laughs> off a little bit here. <laughs> We're three, three, and one against the Raiders. Okay. Chargers four and three. We had them going twelve and five. Okay. Not but great. I guess the good thing is is that we are actually two, two, and three against the Chargers, so maybe there's a case to be made for like some upside um with that with that pick. Like Okay. Um, okay, and know. then Broncos four and four. I feel like we're good on this one. We went four and thirteen. Wow. Okay. So I guess yeah. you know, I, well, I, I, so I they're not the, a good the, team. So I think they get maybe what seven wins at the end of the season. I can accept that. Yeah. The disconnect I think was that we thought Drew Locke was going to start. That's true. I remember that we did think Drew Locke was going to start. Fair enough. Uh, and actually, we the Broncos are our best AFC West team. We went five one and two against them. I'll take that. All right. AFC North. Uh, yeah. Let's hop on over. So we had. Uh, who, remind me. Ravens are the division leader, right? Yeah, they're five and two. Yeah, this one's not going to age well. Uh, we had the Ravens going eleven and six. We're two, three, and two picking against them. I'm actually still okay with that Ravens pick. I do think that eleven that and six. Well. Yeah, I th- I kind of mm. like that honestly. Well, the next one, the Browns, not going to age well at all. Uh, we had them going thirteen and four. Well, we just need them to win the next nine. Yeah, uh, that <laughs> we were four. To be fair, we actually picked them really accurately. We uh, are currently four, one, and three. So we've used three of their tags already, which is uh, maybe a, maybe a problem. Okay. Uh, well, in in fairness, we also couldn't account for Kareem Hunt being on IR, Baker with one arm, Nick Chubb being hurt, <laughs> OBJ being terrible. Yeah, no, I mean it totally makes sense, right? These are way too early picks. Um, who the yeah. are the Bengals next by standing? 
Uh, yeah, yeah, we're taking three. the L here, or they're going to lose their next nine games. Uh, <laughs> they're five and twelve according to Summer Tom and Tony. Shoot, uh, and we dang went, it, we went three, three, and two picking against them. But that's actually not the worst team in terms of picks. We have a really bad one in the Steelers. The Steelers, oh, we had them going nine and eight, and we are two, four, and one against them. Well, they're four and three right now, so I'm okay with that. Actually, I think that we can kind of pick it up in the back half of the season here. Yeah, I think that the fact that they're four and three and we had them going nine and eight, and we had them going nine and eight for the reason that their defense is really good and their offense is going to be bad. I feel I still feel comfortable with that. I'm pick. confident in that. I'm still okay with that. It's not about yeah. how you start, it's about how you finish. Absolutely. All right, last division, the AFC South. Yep. Let's start with the Titans, six and two. We had them going eleven and six. Okay. But here's you know, here's that's... here's the interesting thing. We're two and four we're two, four and two against them. Okay. Which I thought was interesting. It's the worst percentage in the AFC South. Weird. Okay. Colts four and five. We had them finishing at twelve and five. So shoot. Okay. That one's not gonna be great. But no. that's okay. Jaguars yeah. one and six. Oh. Uh, well, one sec. So we, we went four, three, and two okay. against the Colts, so we've been decent against them. Uh you said the Jags. Okay. Yeah, Jags one and six. We had them at two and fifteen. Mm, and we're th- okay. We're three, two and two against them. Okay, I kind of like that. Texans one and seven. Yeah, so the Texans went one and seven right now. We had them going two and fifteen, so we'll kind of like it. Okay, yeah, Jaguars and Texans actually feel pretty yeah. pretty solid still. I kind of like those. We're actually unbeaten against the Texans. We have not incorrectly picked them. We're six zero and two against the Texans. Cool. Okay. Yeah. I like so. That. Yeah, I mean, like, I mean, it means we kind of accurately assessed that they weren't going to be very good, uh, which has <laughs> yeah. held up. Um, okay, right. well, that's the AFC. Do we have an, like an AFC percentage or just a total percentage? Um, I will, I will quickly grab it for you. Okay, because I am curious. I know AFC is definitely the one that we picked the worst. We yeah, seem no, to be a lot better than the NFC sure. side. The NFC is just so loaded this year, and I think we kind of. We kind of saw that. That's how it would be. So we picked about 53, 59% against the ASC. So still a winning percentage, but not a great percentage by any means. I'm not totally against that, honestly, with how early we started. I'm okay with that. 59. Mm-hmm. That's not terrible. Yeah, I mean, that's, it's not great. Um, let me, it's not great. Now the but it's NF- okay because we're way better at the NFC. Yeah, fair enough. Now, the NFC, to your point, we picked... Good lord, we picked the NFC at a seventy-one percent clip. Good God! So yeah, we were just money in the NFC, um, and I think it's because we had the card. We actually had the Cardinals making the playoffs over the Seahawks, which I kind of stand by. Um, you know, given given where the season. I mean, are at. we are <laughs> are we better at picking four months in advance than we are picking every week? At this rate, like mathematically, yes. <laughs> That's that is stupid. Yeah, it hurts. How, how did we pull that off? We get I new don't info, know. updated info every week. But if you just say, ah, to hell with it. Let's pick this in March and we're actually better. I think it's a fascinating question because, and here's the thing, right? Is that like from the day to day, you get so kind of caught up in the, in the micro of each game, mm-hmm. right? Like think about it. Um, with the, with the Packers game, we said, huh, you know, with, with Adams gone and all these wide receivers gone, I'm going to flip. We're going to pick, uh, we're gonna t- we've decided instead we think we should take the Cardinals. Summer Tom mm-hmm. and Tony can't actually reverse their picks, mm-hmm. so we you know by nature of that they had to stick with the pick they made. Uh, yeah. So 
they actually got it right, right? Like they're not, I guess they're not biased to the yeah. tiniest little news changes and they still, st- you know, they have to stick with the analysis. Um, t- Tony, Summer Tom and Tony rank better than everyone but Bowen on our accuracy tracker. <laughs> wow. That's insane. Yeah, they're 80.5 and 41.5. So they have half of a win less, but they have half of a win, uh, a loss less. So they have a better percentage by tiebreaker. It's like 0.0001% better, but they're still 0.001% better than people are making picks every week. Yeah, and are getting paid to do it. We were just messing around at Notre Dame. Well, I was going to say, I'm not getting paid to do it. Are you getting paid to do it? I'm not getting paid to do anything. <laughs> um, <laughs> we need a Colin sponsorship. Come on, Chase. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I see Chase in there. <laughs> I see Chase in there. Come on, man. Set us up. <laughs> okay. Uh, let's run through the, the NFC North really quick. Okay, NFC North. Packers, 7-1. We had him going 14-3. I'm not against that. We are un- We are unbeaten against the Packers. We're, 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 we're 7 0 1. Wow. We just had one okay. tag game. Okay. Yeah, one tag game. Which they sense. won. Okay. Yeah, which I'm just which they, they won. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. Vikings. Oh, no. We tagged. You know what it was? The Saints. We tagged the Saints, which works really well. Oh, uh, which works really well for us. Yeah, it does. <laughs> um, that, that's, a good, that's a good one to avoid. Okay. So, next team Vikings, three and four. Uh, we had them going eight, nine. Okay. Despite that's kind of, not going to age the best, but it's not going to be the worst. I think that works perfectly well. I think that the Vikings can go eight and nine. Now, I think. Oh, you know what? I actually take it back. I agree with you that that may age poorly because we're three, two, and two against the Vikings. <laughs> we can't pick them accurately. Ah. Um, okay. Next to okay. the Bears, well, right? Whatever. Yep. Three and five. We had them going five and twelve. Ooh, that could age but well. This is a, yeah. On that note, this is the only team that remains so. We are undefeated picking the Bears. We are 8 0 0. So it's the only. It's, 8 0 0. Yeah, it's wow. our best. It's our best. Like, it can only go down, right? Because we, we have the four tags still. Um, yeah. But we're 8 0 we're, 0. We're oh it's our best percentage uh, by a fair margin. Hey, I'll take it. Okay. Yeah. Lions, we have an 0 and 8, or is R at 0 and 8. We had them going 3 and 14. Okay. Um, and I mean, I guess it's possible. Yeah, our record against them is six zero and two. So by like division percentage, the NFC North is clearly our best division, and it's not even close. Okay, actually, I take that back. What? We we might find someone who's just who's also equally close, but not not they're not the NFC North is our best, but I guess it is kind of close, and we'll get to that when we cover the NFC East. Okay, so which one do you want to cover next? Uh, let's hop on over to the Saints. I mean the South. Excuse me, the Saints? South and the Saints. Yes. Okay, let's start with the Bucks then at six and two division leader. Had him at fifteen and two. Okay, that's not gonna age perfectly, but it's not terrible. What are what are we? We are six oh and two. The only two the two losses that the Buccaneers have had, we had as tags. Okay. I respect I can I I can take that. Yeah. Um that's about you know, that's a that's a pretty good percentage. It's the best percentage in the division for sure. Okay. So then Saints next to five and two. We got him as twelve and five. 12 and 5. Okay. That's if Jameis weren't weren't hurt, I'd love that as a pick. Yeah. I I'm kind of thinking the same thing. If Trevor starts, I think that we might maybe get 10 wins out of the Saints this year, maybe 11. So I don't think we're far off, honestly. I still kind of like mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Now, I think unfortunately with the Saints, we kind of just shot in the dark because we're 1 3 and 3 against the Saints. Well, at the time, this was back when we were like pending Jameis starting was what we had to start every sentence with. 
Yeah, no, very true. Um, all right, who's next? I, th- I believe it's the Panthers. The Panthers are four and four. We had them going eight and nine. Ooh, so we're money, right? Yeah, I mean, pretty good. Now, here's the interesting thing. We're one, three, and four against the Panthers. <laughs> okay, so we're not quite as money as I thought we were. No, I mean, like, we, I think here, the, like, there's two ways of measuring, right? Is like where the record ends and then how accurate we're in each game. So, like, record wise, very money. Pick wise, very horrible. <laughs> okay, well, I've, I'm just curious at the end of the season to see if, if we can be accurate record wise. For most teams, I would be very happy with that. That matters. Yeah, that that matters in my opinion more than each yeah, game. Like that's what I would say. Each too. game might as well be a monkey flipping a quarter. Uh, to use the yeah, pretty much <laughs> to use my favorite expression. Uh, all right, last team, Falcons three and four. We had them at seven and ten. So that's kind of standing true. Kind of nailed the NFC South. Not to pat ourselves on the back a bit too much. <laughs> What what were we though when we were on the Falcons? Three, two, and two. So we do have a winning record. Okay, okay. So we're winning not by much. I I like that we can pick records more than games. We might be picking games completely wrong, but in the end, it works out. Yeah, very true. Uh, let's go to the NFC West. We had okay. oh wow, whoa, this one's gonna age badly. Um, <laughs> okay, so the Cowboys. We had them at eleven and six. The the NFC East. Mm-hmm. Okay, NFC East six and one. Okay, so they're probably going to do a yeah, little so bit have, better than we thought, <laughs> unless the bottom falls out. <laughs> Potentially, yes. What are um, we though, when we pick them? Are we five zero oh, and decent? two? Oh, what the heck? That's way better than yeah. I thought we'd be. Yeah, we're we're very good at picking them. Apparently, we just like we must have had them drop off in the back half of the season. Hey, it's still it's still there. No, very true. Um, all right, the next one is going to look really bad. Oh wow! Eagles three and five. Ooh, we had them at two and fifteen. You know, yeah. There's not really much we can fight for on that one. Are we at least accurate so far, somewhat? Five one and hey, two. Hey, you know, I'll take it. I'm not against that. Yeah, me at too. At least we're starting off. I believe. Wrong. Yeah. No, absolutely. I'll take it. Um. Okay. Next. Washington two and six. Oh, oh, mama. Yeah. We are nine. And eight. We had Washington going nine and eight. Yeah, we thought Washington's defense was going to be a lot better than it would be. Absolutely. That. We also thought they had to have Fitzpatrick, too. So That's true. Yeah, I forgot about that. Uh, we are 5-1-1 okay. one one in calling their games. How the heck did we pull that off? I mean, like, to be fair, I think, like, we probably, again, it's another one where, like, we have them, we had them winning NFC East games, right? So, like, later on in the yeah. season when they play more divisional opponents, I think it's probably where we're going to get hammered. Oh, okay. All right. Well, then Giants next, two and six. We had them at four and thirteen. Okay, I like that. Yeah. So That's we're pretty four, spot on. We're four two and two. So overall, even though our end, like win loss, is probably going to be wrong. As of right now, we're picking games really accurately for the NFC East. Yeah. No, I'll take it. Like it's seventy percent oh. is really good. Yeah. Um, okay. Let's head on to the last division. That's the NFC West. We'll do that, and then we'll head the playoffs, and then we'll get out of here for the weekend. Um, we had, well, I guess the Ram the Rams lead the division, correct? Or uh, tied with the Cardinals. Cardinals. Okay, yeah. Um, I guess the Cardinals have the head breakers. Let's start with the Cardinals. Cardinals, yeah. Okay, Cardinals seven and one. We had them going eleven and six. Hmm. So I guess this is either going to be, I guess it's. 
this week is going to kind of determine that, right? Like either the Cardinals are going to bounce back and they're going to have a resilient win or they're going to kind of really prove that they are, they've bucked the undefeated trend here and they go, you know, maybe they lose the next three. Cause we have seen that from teams that start strong. And then once they get that first loss, it's kind of over for a couple weeks. So that might hold true. Yeah. I mean, I don't like my, the odds of, of them going 11 and six, but like, it's not outrageous. I'm just glad yeah. we had them in the playoffs over the Seahawks. Yeah. That, that was good. Okay. What are we? We are four, up? two and two picking the Cardinals. Not bad. That's okay. I'll take that. Okay. Yeah. So Rams next at seven and one. We had them going 15 and two. Yeah, I know we were really high on them, which, hey, that's not impossible. It's working. It's working. Yeah, it still exists as a possibility. I mean, technically most of them do, except for like the Eagles, but um, yeah. Yeah, so it still exists. We are 6-1-1 in picking Rams games. Wow. Okay, I'll take it. I'm happy with that. Yeah. Okay. Uh, We're going to have a a bit of fall off here. So we're 12. We have them going 12-5. and I think... At least thinking back on myself, looking back at this this division, I didn't think about how good all these teams are going to be playing each other. Like I didn't, I just didn't think about how good this division is going to be, and therefore the bottom two teams are going to suffer a lot more. For some reason, that yeah, just, I, mean, I didn't I really think, comprehend that like I am right now. We had their we had their defense a lot higher too. Yeah, they lost. A lot they, of the, lost they lost pieces, and the guys that came back haven't really Kittle, clicked. Kittle's yet. injured too. Kittle's injured again. Yeah, that doesn't true. help. Um, okay. So yeah, we are against the Four Niners five one and one. Wow, I'll take it again. Accurate. Mm-hmm. Okay, and um, Seahawks three and five. Yeah, we had them going ten and seven. Okay. Well, I guess Russell being hurt a couple weeks, we can we can lean on that a little bit. <laughs> yeah, um, we are three four and one against picking Seattle. Okay, not great. Uh, so let's go look at our playoff bracket now. I think the NFC is actually going to be kind of money. So we had the Rams as the one seed, the Cowboys as the two seed, the Packers as mm-hmm. the three, and the Bucks as the four. I actually really like that. Now, this one's going to sound a little bit absurd. We had the Saints beating the Cowboys. <laughs> in, I'm not against that. In Dallas. I'm not against that. Well, a full-strength Saints team, maybe. A full strength, yeah. I think with a, a full strength Saints team, as complete as the Cowboys are, the Saints defense is just so good. No, that's very true. Um, okay, we had the 49ers at Packers. So we had Packers at Packers, okay. Yep. And then we had Cardinals at Bucks. We had the Bucks advancing. Darn. Which, but maybe. Which, I mean, like the, the Bucks are the, the four seeds, so that makes the Cardinals the five seeds, which is kind of looks good. Like it's totally possible the Cardinals are the fifth seed. Potentially, yeah. Um, we then had... Oh, wait a second. I may have done that wrong. It may be Rams, Bucks, Packers. Oh, I think it might be... I, I'm, I stand corrected. The Cowboys were the worst seed. Cowboys were the worst seed? Yeah, I read that wrong. It, um, I was reading it like an actual bracket, and it sh- I need to read it uh, top to bottom. So we actually had the Cardinals as the seven, the 49ers as the six, but we had the Saints as the five. Which makes more sense as to why we had the Cowboys losing to the Saints. Okay, yeah, I can see that. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't, I don't hate that either. Uh, we had the Saints advancing; they took on the Rams, and the Buccaneers taking on the Packers. Do you remember who won what? Uh, Rams would have won, and then I believe the mm, Bucks would have won. Yeah, so we had Bucks Rams, 
um, yeah. as the NFC Championship with the Rams advancing. Let's hop on over to the AFC. We had the Chiefs as the one seed. Lovely. Good yep. start. Nope, it'll age perfectly. <laughs> um, we had the Bills as the two seed. They took on the Ravens. We had the okay. Browns as the three seed. They took on the Chargers. We had the Colts as the four seed. Okay. They took on the Pats. Okay. Well, All right. Now, that, but... of those matchups, who do you think won? Because I think one is going to surprise you. One of the picks. Uh, shoot. I'm going to pick Bills, Browns, Colts. So we actually, you went two for two, and I thought you might get it. But uh, we actually had the Patriots advancing. Not a take I hate, by the way. I'm okay with that. If they make it to the playoffs, I think they do. They're able to win a game I or could, two. They're going to be a hard out, for sure. Um, yeah. Okay, so we had then the Chiefs playing the Patriots and the Bills playing the Browns. We would have had the Chiefs winning for sure. Bills playing yeah. the Browns would have been Bills. Yeah, so we had Chiefs-Bills as our AFC rematch. We had the Chiefs advancing to the Super Bowl, where they were then promptly defeated by the Los Angeles Rams. So, oh, hey. Okay, so our hope of the Rams winning is still alive. Oh, yeah, I think that that's totally still in play. Maybe not at 15-2, but like it's a very in-play possibility. Yeah. Well, who knows? Maybe we were that accurate back in, at that point, it would have been like, what, like May? June? Yeah, if it, could, if it continues, like, and we were that good, like, I just kind of want to do off-season picks and then not pick anything during the regular season. <laughs> Seems like we're better that way. Yeah, not no kidding. This, bizarre. this merits further research, if only to see, like, is this a one-time oddity, or we, or does it make more sense to pick in the off-season? Because, like, I remember... Yeah. I remember Colin Cowherd had the Ravens going undefeated and the Steelers missing the playoffs when the Steelers went 11-0 last season. So, like, yeah. I know that some people misfire, but I also don't know if that's Colin Cowherd trying to create content for the sake of trying to go viral. Um, or if, that's, you never if know. that's Colin Cowherd's honest opinion, because it's kind of hard to tell with some of those people like who just exists to make controversy, because um, that's the strategy. Yeah. Uh, that's not the strategy here, guys. Hopefully you enjoyed this episode. We tried to bring you something a little bit different. I know some people like the picks. If you do like the picks, go te- check out NFL Kickoff on YouTube. It's under the Sports 2.0 Network banner. Um, but let us know in the comments if you really liked it, if you think like we are absolutely insane for having the Chiefs in the one seed, if that take looks totally terrible. I think it does. Let us know what you think our best take was, our worst take. And uh, if you enjoyed the episode, let us know. Goodbye, everybody. Bye, guys.